God wants to use your life, but how can He use you if you're not in communion with Him? You know, if you're opening the Word of God and you're not really understanding, it's because it starts in your knees before the Lord. And when you're on your knees, I promise you, you're going to hear from God, this is what I want from you, this is what you're not doing, and this is what I'm going to do for you, and if you don't do I'm going to have to discipline you. But it's good. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Raul and two of our associate pastors are here with us in the studio for a special Straight Talk broadcast, and we're glad you've joined us. We'll think about the life-giving benefits of quiet communion with God and get a challenge to consider how and when we can carve out more daily devotional time. Now let's dive into today's interview. Well, we're back here again, and uh, this morning we're going to be talking about a devotional life. I think that's something that every one of us can relate to, because there are times we can have a devotional life, some things we cannot have a devotional life. So, Dale, how do you deal with devotional life? You know, a devotional life to me is essential, just like uh, praying. You've got to have a devotional life. And the reason you need a devotional life is to prepare for the day, each and every day. You don't know what the day holds. But you need to know who holds the day, and that's God. And to not have communion with God, to not communicate with him, is a huge mistake. You'll find out at the end of the day whether you had communion with God before that day began in regards to how well it went, how you were able to deal with the issues at hand. Uh, Were were you taught that? Were you taught the emotional life? I was taught in a devotional life in church, Rome, mm-hmm. through you, through <laughs> the Word of God. Yeah, <laughs> through the Word of God. I mean, you more than once. Yeah. Matter of fact, you did it a lot, especially among the staff. Encouraged them to be alone with the Lord. And that's really what the uh, devotional life is all about. It's separating yourself from everybody else. It's doing what God asks of you. He, he wants you to be holy. He wants you to, he says, be ye holy for I am holy. And holy means separated. It means sanctified. It means the one word that I think defined it the best to me. How does God want me to be before him? And that's different, different different than the world, separated from the world. And the only place that can happen in my heart is before the Lord. Because you separate yourself from the television, you separate yourself from your wife, from mm-hmm. your children, you, whether it's in your garage or yep. it's in your car or it's in your bedroom by yourself. Um, you know, my wife and I, we're like you and Sharon, Raul. Yeah. We have our separate devotional lives. Yeah. I can hear her yeah. uh, when I'm down, so I can hear her with uh, uh, the worship on yeah. or with uh, a lot of times she's reading the Bible out loud yeah. or uh, I, but I can hear her uh, with the Lord because you have that connection. You, you said it this morning. You, you said it's personal, it's individual, yeah. and no one else is included in this uh, time of meditation and devotion. It's just you and your heavenly Father because where are you going to hear his voice? Where are you expecting to hear it today? And, and I know a lot of uh, 
of, of people who, you know, they're going to run to a devotional book or they're going to run to the TV or the radio and they want to hear from somebody else. But that's not God. Well, the hours we spend on TV. Yeah. Watching the game. Even honestly, hours. even if it's searching the channel for Christian yeah. stations. Yeah. All you're going to hear on that Christian station is what God told somebody else. Yeah. But what has God told you? Yeah. And I know he can speak through other people, but how much better it becomes when he's spoken directly to you, when you held up holy hands yeah. and with a broken heart, with a contrite spirit, and you've asked God, Lord, come, I need you. Yeah. Desperately, I need you. And we should be desperate these yeah. days. You know, you're Big time. Yeah, you're, you're talking about it this morning. Uh, go ahead, uh, Sean. What are you, what are you, you just came back from vacation, so did you spend time with God? Yeah, I or did think, you play baseball the whole time? I didn't play baseball the whole time. <laughs> when I came to the Lord devotional, when, when you say devotional life, it seemed so foreign to me. I didn't really know what that meant. Um, I think, does that mean a devotional book, right? There's a lot of books that are labeled. You go into a bookstore, it's like, here, here are the devotion books, right? So usually they're like one-page topics, um, topics yeah. and like encouragements and stuff. Can those play a role? They can play a role. But really what devotion is, it's time that's dedicated to the Lord. And whether that's in prayer, whether that's time in the Word, it could be through a book or whatever. But it's really uh, sitting before God, allowing God to speak to your heart, prepare you for the day that He that he's given to you. And it can look different at various times. Like you talk about vacation times. You talk about when you're on the road, when you used to go guest speak. Like there's a lot of different things and you've got to have a time that's dedicated to the Lord. I do like time in my car. Um, when you have three wild kids at home, you know, I'm yeah. oh, usually me and we're always the, the first ones up in our house for the most part. So that's always going to be the best time of getting alone uh, before God. When it looks like when somebody's telling me something to do, it's like, why? Well, what's the purpose? And there is a purpose. There's those old sayings like, if you're always ready, you don't have to get ready. Like, a day can change your life if you're not ready and prepared. And the fruit of a devotional life will be by your character. If you're always angry all the time, if you're frustrated all the time, if you're stressed out all the time, and it's just coming out like there's no joy, there's no peace in your life, Oftentimes, there's a devotion life that, that is lacking. There should be fruit that comes out of your life where God gives you wisdom, knowledge, assurance of his word, assurance of what he's doing in your life. If you're stressing out on the financial difficulties, not to say that well, yeah, we deal with situations, but you got to take them to the throne room of God. Um, and so devotional life is important. And it can be start off in the morning, like right when you wake up, Lord, thank you. Lord, Lord thank you for this day. Thank you for my family and my children. Lord, what do you have for me today? And just getting your heart right before God. And then as time goes on, maybe it's reading or maybe it's a devotional book. Maybe it's listening to something. Sometimes it's silence. A lot of times in my car, I listen to study sometimes. But a lot, a lot of times I'm in silence, me personally. Like sometimes I'm coming over here today, my first day back. You said it uh, today. And I looked at it differently this time coming back from vacation because it's like a setup for uh, that was time being refreshed and renewed. But now it's the start of a, a new year. You know, we look at our September time of being the new year of like uh, the kids go back to school. We have a lot of things going on in the ministry. But my own personal life, like this is a new start for me, too. And what does God do in my life? So important because as we look at the world around us, and I know watching your teachings roll and just things that you do through Instagram or whatever, the world's jacked up. And we have to realize, like, we're raising children in the days that we're living in. I'm navigating through this life. 
You know, the church is hated on so many uh, platforms. We need to be spiritual people to be able to navigate through this world. So you need a devotional life for sure. Scott? Devotions, for me, I didn't know what a devotional book was until I was almost like two years in the Lord. Somebody gave me a, a devotional book. I was like, so my devotional book has always been like what you taught us was like reading the Psalms and the Proverbs every day and then gleaning from that and then from your own devotional reading. I like what you said about, you said it this morning too in leadership talking about what does devotional time look like? It's different. It's different for every person. It's different for every day. Mm-hmm. There are days when you could spend, you know, long time sitting alone. Like Sean said, I got five kids. He's got three kids. Our houses are chaos. The earlier and the better in the morning is the best. My wife has her own, like her side of the bed, by the side of her bed, she got stacks of her stuff. On my side of the bed, I have a little little trunk and I have my little books right there too. But I don't do my devotions in bed. That's where I sleep. So there's a place in the living room where I go and it's this quiet spot and it's by a window and I'll just sit there before get, the sun comes in and I'll have sometimes my time with that. When I don't have it there, I literally have it in my car. I'll go in my car, my car is quiet. I'm like, Sean, I don't listen to music in my, in my car. And I'll just, I have my book in there, my Bible, and I'll just read and I'll just meditate. And I like what um, he said something about it this morning. Sometimes it's not always, it's just quiet time. I was thinking about when Jesus, when he... Uh, when he sent the disciples off to go across the, the lake, you know, or the Dead Sea or the sea, and he puts them in the boat, but it says he himself withdrew to a quiet place on the top of a mountain. And he was alone there. Well, what was he doing? He didn't have a devotional book. He was communing with the Father. And that's how I like what, what Sean and Dale both said. That's where you get your bearing for the day. You know, he he sat there and he just communed with God. He just communed with his Father. And he drew from that. And from that, he was able to think about it. I mean, he was already God, but put it on a leadership level. What he was drawing from in that quiet time with the Father enabled him to minister to the disciples when he approaches them in the middle of the sea. You know, when, when they're all freaked out, when they see him walk across the water, when the storm is over, he's able to minister to them because God ministered to him. But um, devotional time is like, I like what he said, just spending time with God. It could be 15 minutes. It could be 15 hours. How long does it take for God to speak to you, minister to you, and kind of change your perspective? That's what I think. I was reading this morning where I talked about, he said, walking, standing, and sitting. Mm-hmm. Right off the bat, you know, he talks about the negative, but he brings in the positive as a Christian. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, when I first got saved, I learned by watching my wife. Mm-hmm. But Chuck, you know, he tells when we went to the shepherd school, he mm-hmm. taught us about the importance of having a devotional life, having the right books. If you don't have the right books, you know, like Oswald Chambers said, mm-hmm. all these guys that really mm-hmm. had a devotional life, then you're not really going to learn. You're not going to get ministered to. But also the Psalms, David, the way he shares with us, and then the wisdom of the Proverbs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I read through the Bible, I read a Psalm, I read a Proverb. Mm-hmm. Then wherever I'm reading, like this morning, I'm in the book of Numbers. Mm-hmm. And it's something that for the day, I want God to speak to me so I can apply it. Your application, which is real important, which a lot of people, they don't even know how to apply the Word of God. You know, especially the days, like you said, right now that we're living in, I wonder how many really know what's going on. It's God speaking to you. You can say God's speaking to you, and He's not speaking to you. You know, we listen to other things, you know, that, that really the Word of God, and we spend a lot of time on TV. I mean, what are the things that, and I, I'm including myself, 
I watch the baseball games. My wife says, how come you spend so many hours watching? It's something that I do. But if we watch two or three games, what happens? That's already like 12 hours. Mm-hmm. You're given to something that is not beneficial. And I think in these last days, there's going to have to be a limitation. Because we really, as guys in ministry, we're going to have to really have answers for the people. Mm-hmm. And the only way we're going to do that is spending time in the Word. You know, going through the Bible. And maybe even as you go through the Bible, there are books that God's going to, or chapters God's going to speak to you about. Say so he's going to, this morning in the book of Proverbs, I'll read it later on. But he gave me some about marriage. Mm-hmm. It really just blew me away that I've seen before but it didn't become real until this morning when I read it. It's been years. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. We're committed to helping you nurture a strong relationship with God. Visit us online at somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. You can also download our free app for a variety of convenient faith-building resources. Now, here's more from today's interview. Dale, what do you think? No, I, I mean, I, I was just reading a, a particular verse in Psalms chapter 4, uh, verse 4. And, and we've all heard this before, but the answer to the problem, and, and the problem is this. It says, be angry, because we do get angry. Yep. But what causes the problem when, when we're angry is we say things and we do things that later on we're going to say we didn't mean. We're sorry. We're, we're sorry. <laughs> Uh, because you're out of control. One of the fruits of the Spirit, matter of fact, it's the last fruit of the Spirit that's listed in Galatians 5, is self-control. Well, if anybody out here listening this morning think that that's just going to happen because they're good Christian people, you're wrong. Yeah. It says in Psalms chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Be angry and do not sin. Meditate within your heart, on your bed, and be still. Well, where does that take place in your devotional life? Where you go to the Lord and, and rather, and, and I recommend this highly, if you're having problems at home or you're having problems at work or things are just happening that make you so angry, so frustrated, um, so possible to say the wrong thing at the wrong time, follow the prescription. Here's the answer. Meditate. And Sean, I got a question for you. Maybe you can tell the audience that are listening right now, meditating or reading the Bible, but should people write in their Bible? Yeah. I mean, that's real important. That's a cool. I'm glad you asked that question because like this morning, uh, we had a little devotion time with our staff and you said, you turn your Bibles to Psalm 1. And I think all of us know Psalm 1 a lot. And I grabbed one of my Bibles that I haven't used for a while. And as you were teaching, I looked at Psalm 1 and I have a lot of different things written from times past. And what it does is, is it brings to your remembrance things that God has spoken mm-hmm. to you. Um, you've talked about the the influence you can have on your children and grandchildren as they look at your Bibles, but it's beneficial. Like what you shared this morning in Psalm 1, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. And in my, my margins, I put, do not look to the world for direction, because that's what he's saying. He's yeah. like, don't go to find counsel in the ungodly. What are they going to, what, what direction is somebody yeah. with worldly wisdom going to give you? Nor sits in the path of sinners. Uh, I put down, be wise where you are going, where you're hanging out, mm-hmm. our environment. A lot of people get themselves in trouble because they are hanging out in a place that they shouldn't, and then nor sits in the seat of the scornful. I just put down, don't get comfortable in ungodly situations. Now, wh- why? 
why do they write in their Bibles? Is that when God's speaking to them or they just want to write? Yeah, I think it's where, where God's speaking to you. You know, for me, sometimes it's breaking. Like, I like to sum up things in, in the Bible sometimes. Like, so I can, like, define what it sh- what God's showing, like, in my own words. Um, but also it's promises. Mm-hmm. It's key verses mm-hmm. that I want to memorize and, and know well. But a lot of times it's promises, well, And I there's many key portions of scripture that you're able to go through. And it's just like, wow, like it reminds you how real God is. Scott said something and it kind of, you made reference of Jesus, right? Like, and that alone time, we, and we're talking about devotional life, yeah. y'all. I mean, you go from Genesis all the way through those big moments in individuals' lives. They yeah. were individual. Yeah. It was the Lord speaking to Abraham. It was the Lord speaking to Moses. It was the Lord speaking to Jacob. It was the Lord speaking to David, Solomon, yeah. uh, Jeremiah, and Paul. Like, it's all individual. Yeah. We have fellowship with yeah. one another. And I think it's important. I think when you're away from vacation, I kind of, it's, uh, you know, so you guys drive me crazy sometimes. It's, it's cool, like, being around each other again yeah. because we need to be united, but there's also time to be alone. And being alone and letting God speak to you is very, very important in, in a devotional life. Uh, Scott, you have a lot of kids, mm-hmm. and you're not Mexican either. No. <laughs> people, think, like it, people think yeah, I look like a Mexican. But how many kids do you have? Five. Now, what's your oldest one? My oldest one's 17. Now, so what does he learn? What does he really mm-hmm. want to be? Uh, my oldest daughter, she wants to get into cosmetology and, like, esthetician and hair. She loves all that kind of yeah. stuff. So she's gonna she's taking some classes at school, and then she wants to go to college and do that. Yeah. My oldest son, my next one down, is fourteen. Uh, he hasn't figured it out. He's thinking about the military. Yeah. He's thinking about a couple different things, mm-hmm. you know. So um, helping them, like my fourteen year old, has a really good devotional life. Yeah. My oldest daughter has one sporadically, but she's big into worship. Yeah, they're all she, different. They're all different. She yeah. plays her guitar, and yeah. I hear her in there a lot. But what I've done with the ones that they're like my oldest daughter, because she goes to high school, is sometimes like even yesterday I got up early and I was reading and I was in Psalm 104. And as I was reading, the Lord just said, that's for your daughter. So I marked that in my Bible. I'm like, okay, when she gets up, I'm going to share that with her. And so when she got up, we were getting ready to go out to the parade in Laverne and everything. And I go, hey, Finn, I pulled her aside in my room. I go, hey, the Lord gave me something for you this morning. She's like, what is it? And she laid in the bed. And I read her the verse. I said, let her read it. And she's like, that's pretty cool. I'm like, yeah, that's what the Lord showed me he's going to do with you in the future. I'm all remember that, you know. It was really cool. So it's different. Uh, my wife pours into my kids. My kids are biblically literate. Yeah. Like if we play like a Bible trivia game, my kids are on it. Yeah. And I would have to say that, you know, 90% of that is my wife. She's home all the time. Oh, yeah. Like Sharon was home with your yeah. kids. She's pouring into them all the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have devotions at night for dinner. You know, it'll be like me one night, it'll be her one night, and then I'm at church on Wednesday, but we'll trade off a couple nights a week and just do little devotions, just right after dinner, just a little 25-minute thing, and then ask them questions and then, you know, see if they're paying attention. Half the time it's me saying, shut up, yeah. stop playing with him. Yeah. But it's like that. You yeah. just, you have to steal those moments. Yeah. You have to, like, some people get, like, frustrated and they're like, oh, they're not paying attention. Yeah. I get that way sometimes yeah. when, like, I'm telling my kid, we're going to read the Bible, and they're sitting there picking at each other, throwing food at each other at the table. But it's not so much that. Is it what are they getting in between? Because kids absorb in a different way than adults Mm -hmm. do. They're picking up everything. 
You take a hundred people in the church, you line them up, mm-hmm. and you ask those people how many have a devotional life. Mm-hmm. I would probably say one percent. Mm. Because most people, they don't even read the Bible. Mm. And that's what it gets to me. You know, here at Calvary, we're a teaching ministry. Yet, even me in a teaching ministry, how many people really read their Bible? I see from my window, people coming in without Bibles, you know, fathers and mothers. And you kind of wonder, well, why are they coming to church? Mm. What are they teaching their children? Mm. And I think that today, like you said, we're living in a time of desperation, Believe it or not, in that time of desperation is something that the church should take advantage of. Yeah. Because it's a time where you can talk to somebody individually and say, well, what seems to be your problem? And usually when you talk to someone like that, I say, well, my wife or my husband, but what is the problem? Well, really, we don't read the Bible. Or we come to church once in a while. Well, when you do that, you're not really allowing God to speak to you. You're like a runaway. You're coming whenever you feel like it, and then you get in trouble. Oh, I got to go to church. Yeah, we should have a devotional every single day. My wife, when I get up in the morning, she's downstairs already. She has cancer. She's with the Lord. And uh, she's going through something right now. It's amazing how instead of being bummed out, she was exalting the Lord because the Lord has spoken to her. Mm. And Lord, you spoke to her just in that little thing that she was going through because God's interested in the little in things, the little yeah, things for, for sure. each one of us individually. And that's something that I think you're that out there, you know, you need to understand. It's not just the big things we're talking about here, but the little things that can not only discourage you and say, well, this little thing, God is not going to listen to me. But I have found out that in those little things, God has spoken to me and has listened to me in a powerful way. And that's why we're here. Scott, final words? You know, um, the Bible says that the fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. We, as human beings, don't have really any wisdom of our own. All we have is what God has given us. So if we're going to navigate these crazy times and have the mindset and, and the temperament and the heart to be able to minister to people and and, and, and actually go through it ourselves, we need the mind of Christ, and, and we're only going to get that in spending time with His Word. I like what you said earlier in devotions. You talked about we can't depend on what we got yesterday from God. Yeah. We have to have it today. And yeah. it reminds me of uh, when, uh, when God gave uh, the children of Israel that manna, yeah. And they were not to keep it overnight. Yeah. He said it was given to them daily fresh, basically. And uh, if they tried to keep it overnight, it became wormy and and, 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 uh, and dirty. They couldn't eat it. And it reminds me when Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. You know, every, every day I'm, I'm here to give you something fresh, something new. And you know this from your own self, and Dale knows this. Our best studies are usually that which we got out of our devotions, and it just feeds into what yeah. we've already studied. So... We're only as good as what we're receiving from the Lord. We're only as bad as if we're not. So it's an encouragement for us to press in more so that we can give out and minister more and be be fed more in the Lord. Yeah, you know, when Jesus was uh, gone and they were looking for him, Mm -hmm. he was praying. Mm -hmm. I mean, if Jesus did devotional life, that's an example Mm -hmm. given to us. What else do we need? Paul the Apostle, Peter, James, all these guys learned from Jesus. They, they needed a time along with God. And maybe you're listening today. You don't have a devotional life. May you need one. Even after this program, you need a place. Go find some place and get on your face, your knees, or just sit out or whatever. And start your devotional life today so they can have it every single day. And you can teach your family. If you're single, you're teaching yourself. You go ahead and do what God's called you to have a devotional life. Thanks for listening today. We'll see you later. God bless you.
know that you probably have a jam-packed schedule and it's difficult to carve out quiet moments with the Lord, but we hope you've been challenged to get creative and prioritize more devotional time. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. To review today's discussion, call us at 800-634-9165 and we'll send you a complete copy for a donation of $5 or more. We'd also like to offer you Rawls' inspiring book titled Victory, Overcoming Our Enemies. In this resource, Rawls draws parallels between his experiences in Vietnam and the spiritual battles that we all face every day. You'll see that no matter what trials or temptations you encounter, you can stand strong in Jesus' name and wield the weapon of God's Word to combat Satan's attacks. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 to order Rawls' book titled Victory, Overcoming Our Enemies. We'll send your copy for $14 plus shipping and handling. Once again, that's 800-634-9165. To order by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Our focus here is to help you navigate life in close communion with the Lord as you grow in your knowledge of His Word. We welcome your input on how we can best support you. We also encourage you to take advantage of all of our resources. For uplifting Bible-based teaching, download a podcast of any of these programs using iTunes or Spotify. You can also enjoy Rawls' daily devotional emails with a simple sign-up online. And be sure to join Rawl for more Straight Talk, streaming on his YouTube channel every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific. It's because of your generous prayers and financial support that these programs are able to continue on this station. We're thankful for your partnership. Studying the Bible with you is our greatest joy, and we invite you to join us next time for the launch of a new series that's focused on the Lord's unparalleled mercy and compassion. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.